The yes and no interview. Just I'll like, say no yes. comment. No comment. No, no comment. Uh, I can't answer that question. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Artist, musician, and getaway toys mastermind Joseph Schneider shoots on the Maples, Winnipeg. What's this guy doing up here in Manitoba? It's the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. What's up, 999? 2000! Hi, I'm Jim for Jim Jim. We got everything here at Jim Jim. You're gonna love it, man. Woo! We got we got rowing machines! We got, we got the thing to pull and you go like this. I don't know the name. And it's strength the art. We got those balls that, the balls that, you know, you, you throw and they get you in the stomach. That's very good for pumping up. We got a sit-up machine. We got exercise bikes. Everything you need down here, Jim Jim. Come on in. Don't Jimmy the door. Come on in the Jim Jim. I always say drink beer, meet women. It's the Naked Treehouse 30th Anniversary Spell. I'm just kidding. How you doing, everyone? (laughs) Welcome to the Manitoba Money Shot Podcast. Uh, Yeah, that clip is from uh, a television show called The Naked Treehouse, Public Access. It's a show co-created with uh, my guest today, a very special guest, a very cool, hip cat man, Joseph Schneider, a.k.a. Joe Money. Uh, what does he do, man? He's, he lives in the arts. Uh, he, he sculpts, he paints, he plays music, he makes wicked videos on YouTube. Um, I highly suggest you check him out. Very talented, very, very talented individual. Um, and we realized during the talk that it's been 30 years since we collaborated on, uh, the show, The Naked Treehouse. We only had a few episodes that aired, and uh, looking back, I'm very thankful that uh, we didn't have YouTube because uh, this one's hard to find. It's not really out there. And um, yeah, I watch it now and some of the, the sketches and it's totally cringing. And I don't mean me. I mean the universe. The universe as a total collective cringes when uh, I'm on screen. But uh, we're going to be playing some clips during the show. And um, I just want to also right now just uh, mention uh, the other people involved in the Naked Treehouse. Um, Ken Cooperis, Kevin Dabbs, Craig Aftanis, Justine Gibbons, Debbie Schneider, Cliff Smoiloff, and uh, my sisters were even in it, Karen and Rhonda Moore. And Wendy Peters as the dancing sign. Go to Twitter, follow us on Twitter, all that jazz, you know, help me out, people. If you like the podcast, tell your friends to check it out. Um, you can send a message uh, at uh, Manitoba Money Shot on Twitter. It's at MBM Money Shot. Uh, you get, we're uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, you can join us on SoundCloud. You could uh, we're on Stitcher, iTunes. Get us on iTunes. The Manitoba Money Shot podcast. Subscribe. But for now, um, just focus in on what's in front of you, and that's this episode, episode six six six. A very very evil episode with the one and only Joseph Schneider. Also, I should point out it's a FaceTime video call and I'm a little drunk. Boom, roasted. We're rolling. 
So, yeah, I'm here with a uh, good buddy, good pal, good uh, bestie from uh, another nesty, <laughs> Mr. Joe Money. Joe Money, that's what your handle is, right? Well, I mean, there's several. Uh, I think it's, it's the kind of nickname that, you know, Giuseppe works. Jo- Giuseppe. Jo- <laughs> Joseph Schneider is technically the name, but... Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. Call me what you want, Schneider. I mean, we used to always call you by last name. Yeah, right. and you're uh, specifically you're in BC, British Columbia, in Canada That's still. Right. But I, am, I did was born in Winnipeg, and yes. But you've been outside Perfect. the province for a long time. It's been. It does feel like it's. It is going almost like two decades. I've been out here I think since ninety nine. So. <laughs> and you were born yeah. in what part of Winnipeg? You were born in the Maples. I or? was. Uh, well, I was born. I was in the North End, uh, sort of like Main Street, and then I was in the Maples, like so, really the north end of the city. What was and that? Like, what was that area like at the time when you were living in Maples? Oh, this was like there was nothing there. It was actually it's pretty great. I mean, you could go down. I think it was Pipeline, and you're going. You're heading north. We're like pretty close to the border. The, not the border. The, I'm sorry. Perimeter. Yeah. And you'd like you see horses. We sometimes feed the horses, right? <laughs> there was like these dirt hills. We take the bikes and do jumps, and it was terrific. We just go, let's go to the Black Hills. Oh, right. There's like crummy houses where I used to live, and it was like just a dirt field. That's all it was. Yeah, it was terrific. I had a great job. Right. Great. And then, uh, and then, kind of like the shock of leaving and then moving to a completely new part of town was kind of cool, actually. As a teenager, I didn't, I didn't care. Did you feel you were kind of reinventing yourself? No, not so much. Uh, I was just kind of like, uh, whatever. But you left all your friends behind. Did you keep in touch with all all your uh, buddies? No, not really. Not really. That was weird. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. This was like, who cares? Like I said, I didn't have a car. It's like, you're 15 years old. It's just like, whatever. There's no internet back then. Right, I guess you right. Own. But to drive like from across town, like, that's a big drive. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like, where are you from? St. Charles? I, sorry, I can't, I can't go out with you. Yeah, the friendship is over. Town. That's two buses. That's a transfer. You can't go with a girl that's like close to home. There, you can't take two buses. Yeah, got to meet downtown. Isn't that how it works? And then, like, so when you were when you went to Fort Richmond for like, I guess it was grade nine, eleven and twelve. Yeah, grade eleven. Like you, you, you were heavy into the arts. You were doing like major artwork. Yeah, I was definitely probably like uh, reading a lot. I I did read a lot, and I still, I suppose. Yeah, I was totally into movies and Letterman, and and I was very confident in in uh, in the arts yeah. or whatever drawing and the capabilities there. And like I said, then I obviously went to art school. But you know, I like to do everything. Like I said, we, I, we met in drama class, so I was kind of like yeah. feeling like I could do a little performing. I can kind of write in art. Yeah, and you were doing characters too because we started a show on VPW called The Naked Treehouse, which was well, a sketch exactly, comedy show. This is uh, this was like I think uh, we we're trailblazers. I think this was <laughs> I expected from a bunch of high school punks, but yes, we did uh, exactly, uh, and we didn't even have like anything planned other Nothing. than we had the name. Uh, we we asked for a TV show, basically VPW. That's tremendous, and it was because uh, of know, Jeff if Hughes. Remember it, it was pretty iconic. Yeah, Jeff Hughes had a show with his brother. Yeah. His brother and his friend had a show called Nonconformists. I was so jealous. I was so jealous. We were, we're both like, so jealous. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you, you punk? I want to show it out. And exactly. That's what we did was you basically go down there. Public and access. Fill in a form, right? Yeah. They, but I don't think they really liked us, though. I think we, they thought we were just like young whippersnappers. Because no. uh, they gave us a hard time. I, I, like, it, was a good, it was great. Like, I loved doing it. It was so much fun because we really felt okay. like we poured a lot of work into it because not only was it live, there was video. Yeah. Skits, 35 minutes. 
with you know cheese ball jokes like there's not nothing like you know like oh my god but it's, it's still amusing like i thought like there was just some slapstick we i think we combined good slapstick like good physical you know humor yeah. and uh and, and again, just kind of silliness. Like, I, I thought it was sort of SCTV kind of oh, take off. Yeah, sure. it was definitely, it was great that we could actually pull that off back then, where it's just like, hey, I want to do a TV show. And then you just have to basically fill out a form, <laughs> spend an hour in a, in a meeting, and That's then you're like, uh, okay, yeah, there you go. That's the state, right? That's your tax dollars you spent on us. So whatever, took advantage. I think that's tremendous. And, like, to go back, I mean, I'll be honest, I can't even believe this, like, Spending all of that, all, well, you know, again, we didn't have a huge run. <laughs> we got canceled. Can I spoil it all? <laughs> yes, even as a teenager, 17 years old, we still got a show and we got canceled. So I did that all when I was Okay, you say you know, we got canceled. Got high school. I don't remember getting canceled. It's just we couldn't, oh, we couldn't get a show before. together. From what I remember, though, I thought, I thought like one of our best shows, I think, was like coming together. I think it was maybe like the fourth. I think we did five in total. So maybe this was the sixth show. Yeah. But then we chronologically kind of said the first and the last don't count or something. But yeah. Because the first one was just us hanging out in the studio and we had yeah, no I idea. Just, I remember writing on my leg. I don't remember <laughs> if you remember that. But that was like, it was completely, I think we wrote that before we went on. Like yeah. We said, okay, let's just talk about this. So probably improvised. So I mean, we were pretty slack. But everything else was scripted, right? Edited. And yeah. the fourth show, I think we, we really put a lot of effort. We did a lot of like like music. Yeah. So we were infringing on copyright way before it was like cool. Absolutely. Oh, we were stealing everything and uh, we were <laughs> mocking and oh yeah, we were like basically ripping off everybody. I thought like we were pretty good. Can I tell a quick story? Yeah. Okay, so here's, here's a quick story. It's from, all about. From the trios era. I was like, okay, so no names, but I was dating this girl and I think I just, uh, you might remember the story, but uh, we were really just starting to date, right? So no, no fancy, fancy stuff, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah. uh, so the second or third date, right? In this girl, we went to the Red River X, right, at the stadium. Yeah. Remember that? Okay, so those are that was the, those are the days. Right. And some drunk guy, I swear to God, he came up to me and he started pointing at me. He goes, "You're hilarious." Like he said, "You're you're funny." He was. I could tell this guy was kind of like weaving, bob, like bobbing back and forth, and just like a little oh, wasted. Yeah. He was out of it, but he reckoned. He goes, "He goes, I saw you on TV," and he just like. He started pointing at me. He goes, "You're hilarious!" And like, I remember looking over the girl, the girl, and she was all smiling, like, like "Oh wow!" <laughs> so I felt like, "Oh wait, this almost feels feels kind of like oh, stagedness or something." Um, yeah. I, I think you know what I think. And this was my theory later on. I don't know if you've heard that story, but uh, maybe he was flipping the channels, and maybe he saw uh, was it Justine? She was wearing the kind of the bathing suit. Remember we had the girl in the yeah. bathing suit? <laughs> we were exploiting the women. The girl in the bathing yeah, I actually, I actually just finished watching the three of, well, pretty much the whole run, the three episodes. So I'm going to run down some characters and sketches for you and see, give me what kind oh, of memories excellent. you have, any kind of stories or anything uh, that uh, hits your hits your brain on them. Okay, so uh, the first episode we had the Granola Brown show. That was me just being an asshole in a <laughs> with a cigar and just ordering the so cameraman around. Yeah. yeah, it was just ordering people around <laughs> and kicking people off his show and <laughs> insulting people. Eh, it didn't work the greatest, but it was a good recurring character. Was it, was it because? Was it because your name was Granola? I think that to me was that, that's a good enough. It, it wrote itself, but uh, totally. yeah, you didn't have enough time to develop it. But you were a meanie. I will. I do yeah. remember that. Granola makes a good grump name too. Like it just makes you feel like Granola. You're Granola Brown. I wonder if that was a hippie 
kind of like a, a, a like a shot at the hippies. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> maybe I don't I was know. Never, never a fan of that whole thing, but that's okay. <laughs> and then uh, there was Buzz Dynamite. <laughs> Tremendous. Had a, Tremendous. Had a couple. Had probably the two most iconic characters. Yeah. In, uh, I would he say did. Johnny Five and and Buzz Dynamite. Really, kind of just exploiting that. I would say that slapstick. Yeah, John, Johnny Five uh, was a film piece, <laughs> and it was just uh, Ken Cooperus running around Winnipeg, and we'd film him and repeat it. And it was the editing which made it beautiful. That 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 bit, and also Kenny's face. He's you know. I I give him half the writing credit for that. Uh, <laughs> clearly, I just thought there's again, it's one of these kind of surreal sketches that it's just it's a little James Bond, but at the same time, you never know why uh, or what kind of meeting he has to get to. It feels like he's got to get somewhere at a certain time, but you never find out. So <laughs> exactly. Kind of like, so it's kind of a mystery. So keep keeps, checking his watch. If you're engaged, so this is like I said, this this could run a few seasons. To be honest, with this kind of. It was all Ken Cooper's beautifully timed. Like when he he runs into an electrical box, a power box, and falls down in, in a frozen position, and then he gets up, checks his watch, and then runs right back into it and falls down. Oh God! I think we tried to. Script everything, even though there was some improv. Yeah, kind of on the fly, like, for okay, sure. Let's, let's plan this, right? But we let things just kind of, you know, I, seriously, I remember, I think once get, we, we grabbed uh, Kevin, and he was babysitting, uh, <laughs> and it was a three men and a baby. We wrote it, I think, like, Half an hour before we filmed it, we uh, we had to come up with ten minutes. So this, I think we uh, yes, we have a few you know uh, pitfalls, but at the same time we worked fast on our feet. No, but like uh, the, even that uh, episode that like it's basically the whole sketch. It's three men and like uh, with a couple of like cabbage patch dolls, and we're we're basically abusing these dolls because <laughs> we're insane. So we could like true. we're acting psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> Good comedy. Kind of a running theme, actually. I think. Uh, oh, totally. Idiot bowling. Of, Idiot bowling. Just yeah, being stupid. Bowling. A lot of surrealism, actually. But I, when I, the more I think about it. Yeah, you're. And the, again, uh, you were the roving reporter Ray. Roving reporter Ray. I was a reoccurring character. Yeah. And uh, again, kind of, uh, kind of, a very bland. Like, kind of got like a, a you know, a, a journalist or something who gets the the crummy local local news story. So that, that's how I saw it. Sort of saw it as like. Retarded. And again, of course, half with SCTV reference, but uh, also just like, okay, go and interview like the local idiots. That's your that's your job because it was a reoccurring character too. Yeah. So, but more, more in the sports genre of uh, stupid sports. Uh, For sure, we had some. Uh, yeah. And of course, you have to do like commercial parodies. You were uh, jeans, jeans. No, I was. Was I? No, Frank's. Frank's. You were Frank's. Frank's as well. But <laughs> you, were, you also I did jeans, jeans. Jeans, jeans. I don't remember this. Well, I mean, it's pretty catchy. Hard to forget, really. Oh, totally! <laughs> your jeans, jeans. You just have jeans wrapped around your whole body. And you're like, I gotta get rid of these jeans, jeans, <laughs> jeans, jeans. Well, you know, it's a thinking man's show. I've always claimed that. You know. And then, and then, of course, yeah. I was I was Jim from Jim's Jim's. Jim's Jim's. I was just correct. like the stupidest moose character from Archie <laughs> I could think of. <laughs> 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 what else was there? There was, uh, yeah. Again, we didn't, uh, we didn't like overly think about it. We still had to do our homework and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, I still think it kind of comes comes across as a, a, some sort of effort was put. Oh, for there. sure, I mean, for clear, sure. Clearly, clearly watchable and uh, <laughs> like we did. But I, but I still think we uh, we we even though we didn't take it seriously, it, it worked out for some reason. It just sort of sort of worked out. Like even all the flubs. Are almost magical. Yeah. How, uh, how tremendous 
is we captured those and like rather than edit them out like <laughs> there was no editing part. you could watch <laughs> no the show and see a person like like just stalling because the other scene's not ready yet. So it's like, okay, we got uh, have a good time, and yeah, and then you can hear the uh, the producer or the recorder, the engineer, going, "All right, is he ready? Is he? Can we? Can He's we not even muting himself. <laughs> no, the I think you know the VH1. I'm still you know we're in negotiations. I know, but the behind the scenes. Oh my God, that, that, there you go. There's another season right there. But uh, yeah. Like, people don't know the nightmare. It was. Holy smokes. Just, uh, yeah. There was, when the the hemorrhoids came up, there was, like, you know, the 80s uh, just kind of uh, text to the screen. That's all they could do. But it said the hemorrhoid snack. (laughs) For some reason, there was an (laughs) NAK at the end. At the end of season two, uh, it's just Kevin, and he has shaving cream all over his... No, sorry, Craig Aftanis, shaving cream all over his face, and there's no sound. It's just him making this weird kind of flipper face. There was the word of the day as well, which was the pie in the face. I think there was the 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 word of the day. It'll be the pie in the face, there'll be a girl in a bathing suit. This is how we decided what was going to be on the show. Oh, boy. Uh, Yes. Oh, <laughs> pretty cornball. But at the same time, uh, you know, not without charm. Oh, it was charming. It was stupid. And char- you're right about that. I think the girl in the bathing suit probably took in a lot of viewers flipping the channel. And like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. And, and again, when I think back too, just to get a little deeper, again, and, uh, I don't remember the name, but the producer too, on I think it was the sec- second episode, he had his own show. He didn't, yeah, but he, he wasn't produced too, it, uh, eh? He wasn't happy. He wasn't too good with us, so <laughs> he seemed like we were put out or something. <laughs> well, my name's Richard Uptight, but you can call me Dick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that made VPW. <laughs> oh, God. And then when we, uh, uh, the funny thing was doing uh, the hemorrhoids, Franco Franco Mobanco, right? One, two, one, two, three, four. Franco Franco. Mobanco, shake, 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 And then the end of this, the whole show is us teaching the guests how to do the band, the dance moves. Yeah, that was definitely. I think I think I I've already said the whole uh, uh, what is it, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think I was heavily looking at that, and just uh, the again, the whole take of the time warp. I was like, okay, so let's just rip them up as well. Oh Lord! But I mean, it's uh, yeah, it works again. It's uh, I think too the big. <laughs> the big uh, sketchboard was pretty popular, wasn't there? Like the it was a win loser draw. We had win loser draw parody. Yeah, was, was was popular back then. I don't know if there, there's a Pictionary show or something. No, but maybe I'm thinking win loser draw or Burt Reynolds and stuff like that. So I think that yeah. that was another influence because that was all about the time. So we really like that. I kind of like the fact that it's a time capsule. It's kind of like about being of the day too. And just For sure, to, oh, absolutely. Some of the hairstyles, etc., and just uh, <laughs> the kind of the goofball attitudes. And then, of course, you, you have to mention the Dancing Sign Girl. Dancing Sign Girl. Dancing and, s- and this was, too, just, again, invented on the spot. Yeah. Just like, here. Hold I this think, sign. I don't know who said it, but we just said, here, hold this and, and just kind of... The sign says the naked tree house. <laughs> it covers basically her whole body. Yeah. And she didn't want to show her face. That's right. That's right. So you That's see the top of her head. Yeah. But again, like I said, so much of it was written on the spot, and it somehow seems planned. I don't know how... 
<laughs> we're, we sold the, or we're trying to sell the hemorrhoids <laughs> Christmas <laughs> roll that said the hemorrhoids on it. And then Buzz Dynamite's helmet. <laughs> Which was Rhonda's helmet, my sister's helmet. She said she actually played ringette with Buzz on the side of her helmet on top. She didn't know. She didn't know people called her Buzz. That was hilarious. Get though. that Buzz. Get that Buzz. Uh, yeah, we're, and then you, know, you were selling uh, the girl in the bathing suit doll. You hold up a naked Barbie and you're, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus, we were already, uh, yeah, we were cashing in. We were thinking, oh, it's not going to last long, so hey. And also, you uh, you did up a, you did out a mock album for the Weatherman's comedy uh, <laughs> comedy album, comedy LP. <laughs> I like that whole idea. Again, the parody is not well, not even parody. It's kind of surrealism, but you you create like a fake thing, basically a character or whatever the scenario is. But then it becomes, you know, like a life on, on its own, yeah. right? It's just like you oh, pretend, yeah. say, to be something, but then you actually become that. So you got to be careful. I think that's the Vonnegut idea of, like, you know, be careful. Be careful what you wish for, <laughs> in a sense. But, uh, but I like the fact that it's so out there. It's really kind of, uh, I know, in a way, it's, I, I, maybe I pat myself on the back, but it's a little dangerous because it's so strange and surreal. Yeah. And kind of inside I mean, I'm sure people are just scratching their heads, going, "What does this all mean?" <laughs> well, can you, can you imagine? Really explain any of it. Can you imagine you're flipping channels, channels, and it's like <laughs> I don't know what do you, I think it was 11 or 11:30 on a Monday, and you're flipping, and all of a sudden there's two guys wearing shades, and they call themselves the Jump Brothers, and they jump <laughs> they jump up and down for about a minute, saying "Jump." I'm a Fettuccine, and this is my brother Macaroni. Again, we're the Jump Brothers. That's classic stupidity. It's almost jackass before jackass, you know. It is kind of genius. Like it's, I'm not saying it's Monty Python caliber, <laughs> but it's it's getting close. Uh, yeah, but yes, I definitely don't know, that was just to to basically stretch uh, stretch the <laughs> as people are changing the background. <laughs> I don't know how that came about. The people brothers, people I, would run in front of sketches. <laughs> you see their head <laughs> cross the stage. It was just like what the fuck. <laughs> it's great. Oh, fantastic. Yes, the mistakes truly are the best part. But Yeah, we do have a lost episode. I don't have like the 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 fifth one Look at me, I have none of, none of it now. I don't know. I used to treasure this stuff. I don't know. I moved too many times. Perhaps. Yeah. Things get lost and uh, yeah. even like but, even uh, when I'm playing the tape I have, I'm like, "Oh, Jesus, I'm just afraid it's going to break or snap, you know, everything's so no old kidding. now." Oh, uh, do anything. Okay, yeah. Well, this is a blast run. like I mean, like I said, I'm uh, definitely definitely psyched to hear this i think this is kind of like and again it didn't even really occur to me that it was like 30 years ago and it was just sort of like it wasn't hey, actually i was just like wait a minute this is like because i was sort of in a joke i said like to myself i was thinking about this i was just like wow a great episode i can't wait for the 50th right and I think he wrote that. but then i was just like wait a minute was it 30 years and then i just quickly was like it was it was actually 1988 so wow yeah go. So who would have thought? So it's just like I said, it could have been easily one of those things I never would have even have thought about. Thanks, Yankee Treehouse, for 30 years. 
I remember at your at your at your house, you you were huge into art. Like even back then, you were doing paintings. You were. Uh, I remember you did your uh, mural of just obituaries. Yeah, I think you go through that kind of that dark <laughs> stage when you're. Uh, but it was in huge. Age category. Yeah, it was big. I I, I kind of I would say it's almost maybe OCD if you go back then. Oh yeah. Uh, but even to the art too is kind of meditative. So I just wanted to put that out. So there. And I mean, you saw, you, you know, some of my artwork. You've seen it. it it's quite big, and it's uh, it's daunting. It takes a long time. Some of the some yeah. of the paintings, some some are quick and fast. But you know, there's there's a certain. So I enjoy that kind of uh, you know that. Okay, yeah. this is like this is big. This is like this is going to take me you know a long time. It's going to take me two weeks of solid painting. Yeah, but, that's, but you were a fan uh, of art. Uh, you were a fan. I remember you totally getting me into art before I even knew okay, what art was. Like the, like Warhol. And uh, Dolly, you, you just like you were a fan of it, and you were already producing your own stuff. Obviously, inspired by the artists you love, right? Well, true. Uh, I uh, I think that, you know it's the talent, or not the talent, uh, the craftsmanship. I, that's the way I like to describe it. Yeah. Because you know it's such a subjective thing, and I think modern art is just garbage. If you ask me, I still like. I want to see craftsmanship. I want to see talent. I want to see someone who can actually. You know, who has craft, you know, just like anything can be built, like even just like a bridge being built. You know, it's not just yeah. for a building. Like, it's not just about art. So, you know, you got to know where the eyes go. And I think this is the whole thing about Picasso, people who hate Picasso, even though I like Picasso as far as modern art goes. Right. But you can tell this guy has classical training. So I always tried to have that kind of graphic style. He, you think Picasso you know? had training? Like he was a... Oh, yeah, no, he's a quality. Like the guy has the, you know, capabilities. And I think... Then you can then you can abandon it, right? Like yeah. you can be a great musician, right? And then you can like like become a great jazz musician, and then you can play these crazy bass leads, right? But, yeah. You know, it almost becomes like almost es- esoteric, right? It takes probably someone with almost this mathematical. This is the way I would see it. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, perception of like the subtleties, right? And I'm not saying my art is of that kind of caliber quality, even though I do. I like that word esoteric because I. I do throw in the symbolism in, in the artwork. Absolutely, like yeah. But this is what I like. I think I always saw the art as an extension of kind of, say, propaganda and, and a reflection. And I always remember reading saying that, like, about reality reflecting art and vice versa. Like, which is, which is, which came first, right? Yeah. And, and, and truly, people are imitating the art. And I, I, and I can't remember, I don't know if it was Oscar Wilde or somebody said that, somebody thinks, right? And, uh, and I, 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 and I really feel like that. It works on a kind of a subliminal level, and I think I've read subliminal books about you know like the. Uh, you turned me onto those books too. I remember the subliminal a- advertising yeah, and, books. And so I always tried to throw throw that in there, just as a joke, right? As uh, well, not as so much as joke, but just An inside to throw joke. it in there. And and I've, I've learned kind of the ways that you could uh, well not say learn, but uh, I found kind of ways that you can kind of steer kind of ideas and and conceptions kind of visually. It's uh, it's I'm not saying it's uh, a talent. But it's like I said, it's a it's a subtlety. Some right. people will just paint a sunset, whereas I like to I like to paint something about something. But right? in your like early years, you you kept you kept it going on. It was like you 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 poured out painting after painting. Oh right? yeah, I did a lot. Well, I had the gallery shows. I've, I've had the my, most minor of careers as far as that goes, and uh, and even coming out to Vancouver was actually quite. Uh, it was it was it was very good actually coming along. Yeah. Uh, and I even had what I would call some pretty mainstream, actually, like some galleries. Yeah. Stuff. A few, I would have to say a few crumb bums, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Not everybody's on the up and up, and you do have to kind of, uh, you know, like I said, kind of play the game. Yeah, you got to learn like the game, yeah. Prostitute, you know, if you want to be successful or whatever. But I do. I never did have an agent. I think this is my 
class, you know. Did you like doing art at uh, Fortune Collegiate, like your teachers and all that? Do you feel like they were an influence, maybe? Back in the day? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not hardcore, but, uh, you know, for sure, they were encouraging. But the thing I liked about FRC is they would allow uh, students to, uh, at the time, take the VHS camera home. And we made a movie called Two Drunks, and it was just us drinking wine. <laughs> Drinking wine, and that was the whole fucking movie, if I remember correctly. Do you, do you remember that? Oh, I do remember that. I think we had the wheelchair at the time, didn't we? I wanted to bring very, up the wheelchair. Okay, so like... Very avant-garde. Oh, no. Like I said, this is getting inside. But the, people might enjoy it. We were lunatics. Uh, definitely. Uh, back, even, yeah. Even, too, can I even can I extend that uh, camera story? Yeah, go ahead. We actually damaged the school camera. This is how reckless we are. Oh, my God. We Did kept, we? Like, like, give us the camera. We want to use the camera. So we're, like, trying... I, I assume we had to sign a sign it out. We could yep. use it at three o'clock, and <laughs> we bring it back. Damage. I remember the wind blew it over, and oh, that was the funniest thing I ever seen. But we we're on the roof. Remember, we we're building on the roof of FRC the of the school. We were all like, "Oh, the things are blowing away!" So we ran to catch them. We all the camera. The camera blew over. Or I something like that. That was this definitely. I, remember, uh, I, I totally remember. We got access to the roof. Oh my god! The buzz dynamite. And, and that wasn't <laughs> the stuntman Buzz Dynamite, who was basically Super Dave Osborne, but Kenny Cooper. Oh, true. That's true. There was, there was, but it's classic, too. Just throwing the mannequin off the building, right? And that was no getting special permission. That was just us knowing the janitor, who's like, yeah, okay. You guys, I think he wanted to be in it. I think that's how... He might have. He might have. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. So you remember hanging out at that mall, that Zeller's Mall, at, by Forest Run Collegiate? Yes, I uh, French fries at the little. I think I got banned for shoplifting there. Wait, like, where at Zeller's? Three times. Yeah. Really? <laughs> three <laughs> no, times. I'm not messing with you. No, no, but uh, yeah, no, no. That was that was like that was one of the most trashiest malls ever. That yeah. was uh, that was gorgeous. It was, it was pretty cool. Amazing. Do you remember the video games at the Chicken Delight? There was a. Did you play a lot of arcade? The arcade arcade life was the life. I'm sorry, I was there. Space yeah. Invaders. I was there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and Fantastic. There, there was a few places in Fort Richmond you can play stand-up. And then did, did you get an Atari? Of course. I was like the most popular kid, I think, in uh, <laughs> grade two, maybe? Oh, I don't know how the parents afforded it, but I remember... They, 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 they brought it for us, and it was fantastic. And to me, I, I'm not down on, like, kids playing video games today. I could care about, less about the, the Really? Violence. You think they can go 12 hours or not? Of, I have tons of video games. I have, like, tons. And I still watched tons of movies. I read lots of books. Yeah. I think I played lots of sports as a kid. So I, I don't see how you, you know, you could just blame one thing. Like, seeing people, because I know people kind of get down on video games, but I don't know. Well, I think it's more screen time. Kids are always looking at an iPhone, whether it be yeah, social I media. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. that's definitely for sure. So, uh, that's, so your high school years were pretty good. There wasn't really any issues. We did get pulled off a bus, if you remember. Oh yeah, you've I've, told that I've story. Hard, I've done hard time. Well, how about you can lead lead it, or I don't know, cut to the chase. The chase I is where drink. I don't for some reason. <laughs> I don't remember what happened that night. I just remember the. Uh, I don't remember the event at all, but I remember getting no, on a bus. I don't know why we were leaving downtown. We were loaded. Not only loaded, we have beer, and we have like a two four, a two four <laughs> or twelve beers on the bus and we sit right at the back and it like if you know Winnipeg you go on downtown and then you it's like to get to Fort Richmond there's like a half hour at least 
That's right. And for some reason, we were just like <laughs> in such a good mood. Well, because we were wasted. We started giving out bottles of beer to the patrons on the bus. <laughs> we had a good heart. Even as young, young punks, we still had a good heart. We wanted to get we the party to- going. And then, like, as soon as we get to uh, Fort Richmond, thirty in the morning, I suppose. (laughs) As soon as as we get there, man, uh, we get in the Fort Richmond Mall, and the cops get on the bus, come to the back, grab us, take us off the bus, and then throw us in the cop car, drive us all the way back downtown, and we're in the drunk tank. The only time I've been in the drunk tank was that night. I'm not proud, but I was there. I I would say that's not the first Bukowski moment I had, but I figured Bukowski ended up in the drunk tank, so that was my uh, Bukowski moment. What would have been your first? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying that's uh, just... uh, That's right up there. That's top three. (laughs) Top three. (laughs) For sure. Another uh, guy you introduced uh, me to is Bukowski. Bukowski, I was kind of a little down on the guy for a little while. And then, then I actually just recently, maybe a couple months ago, I started watching some interviews with him. Right. And when I when I saw the interviews with him, I was going, he's got the right attitude. And he, he said something that was very profound too. They were asking about like, you know, he's like he's getting older. This is before he just before he died. I think he's probably in his late seventies. Like, then yeah. he goes, "What do you think about death?" And he just was just like, "I don't care. I don't fear fear death." It's uh, he goes when after you've lived a life lifetime and yeah. you see the same action and the same reaction like over and over again and i think i totally understand what he's talking about i can like even even with the say the art or even just the humor which i think is kind of a dark black humor that i have yeah. is uh it's like you take something kind of pretty scary and awful and you like you make a comedy out of it or like you mock it right and it's kind of like it diffuses it uh there's there can be an intellectual side, but that's not important. But I think right. like the comedy has to be seen there, and that usually the comedy just reflects like a truism, right? If yeah. You want to use that, uh, simple terms. That's how. I so you put that in your in your uh, in your art, and you 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 throw it in. I don't know if you throw it in your music, but that's why I want. I'm trying to veer towards your guitar playing because it must have been around high school you picked up the guitar. Yeah, that's true, and uh, you know I, I was in a few bands too, and I, I took music seriously for what a while. bands again, did you love because i'll also say this you're the guy who turned me on to sub pop and kurt cobain and okay. nirvana yeah i think i was a little bit you were in the know I, I was there i was there and uh, and some people and i recognize like this is this is good right now this is good but i have a, a huge appreciation i go back and listen to a lot of say 90s bands i still like the nirvana the mud honey and stuff like that, but some of that stuff, like I'll be honest, Soundgarden, I can't listen to any of their stuff no. anymore. I don't like the screeching, uh, you know, I'm really more into the 70s funk, I'll be honest, but I listen to yeah. everything, Arctic Monkeys these days, but didn't right. play that guitar. But uh, it's kind of just... Uh, but it was the, the sub pop that kind of influenced you, right? Like it seemed like oh, that was around the same I, time you started playing? Uh, I would say around, not just the, that scene, like I would say that kind of uh, dirty, I would call that garagey sound, like that kind of 60s, yeah, uh, yeah, garage sound, you call it the Stooges or whoever, but that uh, kind of almost like that kinks, kind of, not hardcore kinks maybe at the time, but again, still the, uh, whatever, like kind of a throwback sound. Yeah, and like, that was kind of know. an influence because uh, you formed a band uh, with a couple others called Heavy Early. Which I always thought was the best name for a band ever, ever.
Nice Guys Finish Dead from the 1997 heavy early release, Stick It to the Man. And that's Michael Tabot, Sunshine Ackerman, Wes Gibrant, and Schneider. You performed with us. How many times? At least, I know we performed at the Red River X. At least two times. Okay. Yeah, the Red River X, heavy <laughs> early. We did a rap. So even then we were still, like years later, we were still kind of jokey performing yeah rapping, it's the comedy kind of serious but at the same time yeah very lighthearted. and i think the crowd too i had we had people like come up to us and just think that was great yeah it was so stupid to just suddenly break into a bust out of a big huge rap it was great it was like so <laughs> unexpected oh it's terrific but i i i know there was like again this i don't know again silly stuff yeah but the heavy early years it was uh definitely an indie band in winnipeg that was a one to catch like i remember you guys had a tape out you put out a cd and it was you michael sunny and wes you know what i'll be honest with you it's a lot of work it's a lot of work. Well, you just to in, get everyone together uh, is hard. Oh, well, I mean, practicing, of course, is fun. Uh, but, it, again, even practicing is work. And, again, you have four, four people, four egos to deal with, right? And if, if someone's not in the mood, someone's not feeling it, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of work. So everybody's got to be on the same page. God, how do these bands stay together? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's rare. <laughs> if, they're young, if they're young, that's the only thing I think of. As soon as you get a little older, oh, my God, it's hard. Like, there's people that are going in different directions all the time. Yeah. But it was fun for the most part. And I, and I think that was my thing was, like, already maybe spending more time on my – pursuing my own interest as, as an artist. Uh, right. And just doing that and then uh, – even though I enjoyed, you know, being in a band, but it was it was so much work. It was so much work getting the gigs. And well, even it's all DIY for putting out an album. Like you didn't have a sponsor or with any agency or anything. You're just doing it yourselves. You're going and printing up the uh, the inlay, right? Like you're making the copies. Or I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Maybe I'm just making well, that up. No, I well, it, like I said, you either you just hire someone out, but. It's everything. It's, and the same, I would treat it like on me on social media because I'm not a huge, like, uh, well, I, I'm there. I'm aware of things. But like I said, I don't watch a lot of television or go to the movies, uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, like, I don't have cable and stuff. And so I kind of, maybe I'm missing out things. And I understand the, the, the appeal of having, say, an agent and stuff. But then there's another someone on the payroll, right? And yeah. so uh, <laughs> that's just another expense, right? So I think that was part of it. I still enjoy playing guitar. And I, like I said, write my own stuff and make goofy well it's, it's kind of like i said it's an art project and it's kind of a band at the same time it's uh it's kind of surreal it's just me right and yeah I but you're, we're talking about you now because right yeah, now like yeah. like you have a, a youtube channel and uh you still put out music under uh the, the moniker uh uber blader no you blade runner you blade runner Blade Runner. So it's, it's, you Blade uh, Runner. No, it's not just Blade Runner. It's you Blade Runner. Right. You Blade Runner. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> it's it's like very short, concise songs. Oh yeah, there, it's it's again, it's a kind of, it's all just kind of like condensed. You know, it's trying to be short and sweet and to the point, and and the shorter the better. I think one of the best songs I ever wrote, I think, is like seventeen seconds. So you can go there <laughs> and, and go check it out. But I mean, what's it called? What's it called? To, that's uh, chicks don't surf. Be 
like written with uh, you know a guitar solo, you know verse chorus. And then I just end the song, right? Rather yeah. than oh, I'm gonna put another verse and yeah. then another chorus yeah. and make it two minutes long. Like, am I gonna I'm drag just, it out? No. <laughs> I mean, forty seconds long. That's good enough, right? right? I mean, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna just do an endless like you know Neil Young solo or something, right? right. I mean, I could. If I had a real band, but it's just me fooling around. But you can put on an album there. right now under that with like forty songs, like on one album. Uh, like. There's a lot of songs. There's actually I don't know how much I uploaded. Like again, I can't even keep track. But you know what? I'll be honest. I go back and I, I didn't really have great speakers at the time, and so you have to adjust the volume when you go to the YouTube. So I'm going to say I, I'm still going to tell people go to Getaway Toys YouTube. Right. You can check it out, and you'll see some weird stuff there and some fun stuff, hopefully. And getawaytoys.com is uh, your company, which you run, yeah. and you've been running it since you moved to Vancouver, right? Mm. It, it wasn't a thing you know, in Winnipeg. It's, it's, it's relatively new. It's, uh, I actually didn't do a lot of art for a while. You know, just a working man. For, 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 you know, doing the art. I was in the art scene and, you know, having gallery shows. Which was, well, that's which the thing. Was you had... Uh, but, you know, then I, like I said, then it's just like whatever. It's not a, it's not a moneymaker, so it's not like you're... you're like, I might be a love of mine, but it's not my first priority. And so, you know, taking a break from from uh, the art yeah. was good. And then, and then I, you know, basically, you know, came back to it. And I, I kind of already gave up the painting. I gave up the painting a long time ago. Right. I just, I, I, part, part of me thinks painting is kind of old school, you know, with the comic books, the internet, and even video games. I'm like, how am I going to compete with this? I, I kind of discovered this in about 2000. Okay. And so I kind of did, I haven't painted much since like 2000, early 2000s, right? These are old paintings. Uh, but the sculpture, to me, this lives, and and sculpture is to me the most satisfying yeah. art form that I like, and I prefer it to painting myself. I'll be honest. Really. And so then the toys, having the kind of I wanted to come up with a uh, rather than just oh I'm an artist doing this is what I do right. It's like this is a this is a bigger idea. So everything can be under the same umbrella. Right. And uh, they are toys, and I just came up with a goofy name. I saw some whatever. Ideally, they are toys. Like you, you, what if you haven't seen it, oh, people? Clearly, it's yes. like it's not only is it like a, like an action figure size, but it's in packaging yeah. that relates to like something you'd see at Walmart, you know, well, but on a grand scale. A, can I do a quick plug? I'll go. Like yes, yeah, uh, for sure. I'm probably the, the worst uh, uh, social media personality. I'm really like I'm I'm behind. I think I just start doing Instagram, but I think if you go there, you get a quick, uh, you get like a little bit of the old school, like you see the artwork, you get some goofs, yeah. and you see the toys, and some in the packages, and you know, so you're getting like it all right there. It's laid out pretty good. I go to like uh, YouTube, but I think right. the Instagram, people, if, if they go there. If you go to your Instagram, you're going to see uh, pretty much yeah, all the little sculpture toys stuff. you have. Like you have, I have many sculptures, but like I said, I do make molds. So these these aren't like one of a kind pieces of artwork, and that's yeah. and that's part of the whole point. It's not like to take it too seriously. Uh, I, I find the toy motif, the concept, the idea is terrific. Yeah. Uh, they're fun. I don't have to. I love making the molds. There's just something fun about it. Uh, you know, it kind of it's it, it's good for the mind. You know, it kind of like it. It's, to, uh, it's intriguing. to me, it's borrowing and, uh, from the silk screen of Warhol. You know, like where you have like your painting and then you, you just get someone, not someone else, but you know what I mean? Like you have like this uh, blueprint of an art and then you, you just make copies of it, which is what you're saying as far as your mold. Well, yeah, yeah. well I, that appealed to me. It was like, again, the, I think just making that one of a kind, you know, oh, it's one of a kind, it's priceless, it's selling for a hundred million. And that's fine. I don't care. Whatever you want to spend the money. But I mean, I'm going to sell my stuff cheap, but... You know, this is, uh, 
you know, this is, this is like, I, I work on this. I do it all myself. I do everything. Everything is by me, even though I don't say it's by me. Maybe it's a persona thing. Maybe I want this kind of separation. Right. So I can always claim that this is all an act. I made everything <laughs> up. Serious. I'll deny everything. No, there's nobody named <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but I would have to say, you know, you get the idea. And where the idea comes from, again, I don't want to get into all this mystical stuff. Sure. But where the idea comes from. But I follow it. I, I trust my instincts. I think some people... They, they'll, they'll sit there and they'll like have, grab their pe- paper and pencil and they'll be writing all night and then try to get the perfect whatever to come up with the perfect thing, idea. I just kind of get an idea and I go with it. And if it kind of it starts kind of growing or becomes more interesting, yeah. then I'll pursue it and then I'll finally attack it and, and you know do something with it. Uh, and then sometimes I get bored with it, I forget it and stuff. And then other times something just like gets me and clicks instantly. And I like I'll scuffle and you know two days I'll come up with a new idea. And also really? now specific toys I would say. You know, basically, it's, if they're based in reality, I have gone into this kind of, I did a Demiurge toy, and I think people have to get a dictionary to look that up. I, I, was, I don't know what that is. What the Demiurge, okay, the Demiurge, again, is part of a, a different, like, you know, it's a Gnostic way of, uh, like, so it's a religious sort of theme. Okay. Right? But, I mean, I could do a Satan toy. I don't think I ever will. But the Demiurge <laughs> is still kind of satanic in its own sense. So I will get metaphysical, but they are just kind of people, uh, you know, kind of get people, maybe not at their worst but just a different kind of like it's a perspective, right? It's like how you see or how I see, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know, in your own, in your own eyes. It's a comedy. It is a comedy. It's a dark comedy. Like the to- they're toys. They're supposed to be fun. Yeah. I, I hope, like, even if I take like a dark theme to the toy, if I like kind of like uh, one toy, I would say is the battered wife. You know, people might say this is like anti or this is un PC. Right. So you could, I would say that's a way to describe it. Is like kind of like anti, uh, you know political correct definitely uh, kind definitely of, kind of concept. Uh, like it's like oh wait in good company you wouldn't you wouldn't make a, a joke like this or something like that and so to me it's almost purposeful to it's a bit of trolling to provoke you know, that's kind of, you know it's commentary for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, but it's very elite like the, the like as far as like selling them to the to the public you got to really invest money into these things cuz it's not like it's not like a star wars toy Oh, they're they're not. This again. This is. Uh, it's I rare. Think you have to think of it as sculpture because the exactly. clearly, yeah, clearly the packaging itself is a sculpture. So I'm working on kind of meta levels, and I do like to use that word esoteric because there are ideas that not everybody's going to grasp right away. But I think if you see the body of work, right? Because I don't think I'm up to about twenty or thirty toys at this point. I've done, yeah. I've done quite a bit. I've only done this in the last 10 years or so. I kind of started doing this. And it's kind of growing. It's kind of like my family. They're my little children. Right. Right. But, you know, I'll tackle some kind of like iffy subjects, et cetera. And, uh, you know, so it's, and I, I'll even tell you a story. I, I had somebody um, in Vancouver show my stuff. I think that gallery closed down, so I won't even mention how it. Okay. But uh, they're very, very nice. And, and they had this, the toys there for a while now. He, he was selling them quite quite cheap. I didn't sell any at this place. But he said the people yeah. were, were quite interested. Wow. They quite enjoyed them. Uh, but he even said he saw my feminist toy. He says, oh, I can't have I can't have that in the gallery. My friends would kill me or something. He said something like... But it's just a little figure of a feminist. I'm in trouble for having a little five-inch... Uh, like toy. That's weird. That is kind of that looks like Gloria Steinem. Like yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> you get in trouble. So I mean, so these are the kind of people I think that were like kind of dominating. I was well, I'm, I can't say it. I I don't know. Maybe I'm like kind of jumping. In. But like I said, th- this is the kind of the climate, right? 
we're not talking about people that, you know, oh, I love art and I can appreciate it. The people who want to basically control. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, you know, they kind of, they're kind of a little too dogmatic as far as I'm concerned. Ideologues. Right, right, right. right. But, but I'll be honest, people have been very receptive. They've always, like, given me great compliments. People don't want to talk about it, though. This is, this is the thing. They'll say it's good. But maybe I'm intimidating. I hope I'm not that. I like to think of <laughs> kind of easygoing, right? You know, send me a message. Anybody could send me a message and get and contact me. I'll where where would they do that? Where would they do that? I would say anywhere. Twitter. You do it on Twitter. It's all under Getaway Toys. So remember at Getaway, Getaway Toys. Toys. At Getaway uh, Toys. And uh, you, I'm on Twitter. Facebook, I will not answer you. I don't go there. But uh, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I'll, like I said, just send oh, yeah. me a message. I will talk. And uh, if you have a question, even if you want to trash me, that's fine. I don't care. And if you're the ladies, you know, send the nudes. I said, please. <laughs> it doesn't have to be of you. Just send, send any nudes. Hey, can I tell a joke quick? Oh, you, of course joke. you can tell jokes. Are you okay, kidding? so here's the joke. I, 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 meant, I meant to tell this right at the beginning. I don't think I did, though. I'm just like thinking. Did, did I no, I don't, I don't know. Okay, well, this, so... you know, I'll be honest. It's a little embarrassing to tell this, right? Because, like, uh, I went to the doctor, you know, I thought oh, I no. had crabs. Oh, shit. Turns out it was Pollock. What? It was Pollock. It was Pollock? Imitation crab. That's a seafood joke. So there you go. There you go. I should have told it. I should have told it at the beginning. All the Maritimers uh, are cracking up. Uh, sorry. 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 Okay. No, that was my favorite character on the Naked Treehouse was the weatherman. You played a... He played this character who's the weatherman, oh, but he's just, it's just a it's just an excuse to be on TV and tell jokes. That was the best. Absolute best. <laughs> again, there was a, probably a little SCTV ripoff, but again, it was like the worse joke, the better, right? Like I have to say, I remember. I think Norm Macdonald said something about like there's nothing sweeter than when the joke bombs, right? Like yeah. there's just like it's when it flies over everybody's head, and like so. I think I purposely sometimes would do that without question. Mm. I think that was part of the shtick. Was like like I'm 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 I'm, I'm making fun of myself at the same time, right? Yeah. I'm like kind of willing to you know basically to get smacked or slapped around, right? Like, how dare you? Like, so it's like, so we both, everybody looks stupid in the end. It's not just, you know, a one-sided attack. It's like, we all look dumb. Like, it's like, I don't even know why. It's, again, it's almost like a self-destructive right. kind of thing. But again, it's the anti-humor, right? That I think uh, Andy Kaufman, you know, there's a lot of people that do that anti-humor. Not, it does, it's not for everybody. I'll, I'll tell you that. Oh, it's but, hard. Uh, Place your bets. It's time for the Manitoba Money Shot Ta. Okay, so I'm gonna the, the idea here is I'm gonna read them as fast as I can because you're you're the sixth guest and no one has been able to get through the hundred questions. Not you know, oh, yes, so it, that's the hardest part is getting through the hundred. You know, the, that's the, a lot of questions. Okay. I know that's why like I'm gonna read them as fast as I can. Give 
give an answer as fast as you can, and hopefully it's okay, the right answer. It. Mr. Schneider, Joe Money. Tonight's money shot is... $8.05 and a Darth Vader toaster. Are you ready? Let's go. Joe Money, and we begin. Uh, Kramer's first name. Cosmo. Favorite city in British Columbia? Bella Coola. <laughs> name a blood type. Uh, I still say O. Have you surfed? Uh, no. What's my name? Your name is Ronald. Name a Michael J. Fox movie. Oh, TikTok to Teen Wolf? Do you like Woody Allen? Yes. Do you own Nerf? Nerf, yes. Number between 1 and 10? Uh, 2. Name a coffee house. Uh, Tim Hortons? Are you wearing jeans? No. Last CD played? Uh, Arctic Monkeys. Name a Canadian band. Uh, uh, guess who? Where's Waldo? Uh, he's around. <laughs> Did you floss today? Uh, yes. Do you like rain? Uh, no. How do you like your, uh, uh, fuck, I'll come back. Do you like, do you like rice? Rice, yeah. How do you like your steak cooked? Uh, bloody. Do you dream? Uh, of course. Have you broken your bones? Uh, no, never. Morrissey or Mar? Uh, oh, ooh, Morrissey. Name an 80s rap group. Uh, uh, Beastie Boys. Uh, favorite Prince album? Oh, 1999, I think. Why do birds suddenly appear? Uh, cause you're near me. Is Shaka Khan a male or female? I would say that's trans, transgender. <laughs> Name a Friends TV show character. A Friends TV show character? Joey? Is there a Joey? Yeah, there's Joey. How tall are you? 6'2". <laughs> uh, are, you, are you allergic to nuts? Uh, no. How many keys on your key ring? Uh, five. Worst war? Worst war, I'd have to say second. Okay, best war. Best war, it would be World War Z. Best Beach Boys <laughs> album. Best Beach Boys. Ooh, uh, I, I like Endless Summer. It's the greatest hits, but it's the best one. Yeah. Favorite Beastie Boy? Oh, that's Paul's Boutique, of course. Uh, guns or Roses? Guns I was never a huge fan. Yeah, but if you could pick one, Guns or Roses? Oh, I don't know. What's, what's the, the appetite for destruction? No, just like, one. pick one. Guns or Roses? Oh, I see. Oh, God, we're screwing up. Oh, I got it. Clock's ticking. No, I'm going to say Guns. Okay, guns, sitting, guns. sitting or standing? Uh, did you say shitting? <laughs> no, sitting, sorry. sitting. Oh, oh, sorry, cheap headphones. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, sitting, I'm sitting. Favorite crayon color? Favorite crayon color? Oh, I'd say flesh color. Favorite Spice Which, Girl? Spice Girl? Oh, uh, uh British Spice, whatever her British? name is. British? <laughs> <laughs> marriage or divorce? Uh, I believe in marriage. I'm not a big fan of divorce. And name a song by the monkeys. Monkeys? How about she? Popular pizza topping. She, right? Yeah, that's a great song. Uh, I would say, uh, how about the <laughs> Cartoon animal. Cartoon animal. Come on. Uh, how about, uh, what's on. his name? Droopy. I mean, Do you, <laughs> Droopy. Droopy dog. Do you drink milk? Droopy dog, yeah. Do you drink milk? Say that again. Do you drink milk? Uh, yes. Pancake or waffle? Uh, I, I need a waffle, but I'm kind of off the... <laughs> Rick or Morty? Rick or Morty? We gotta hurry this up. I don't know. I guess I've only watched about two minutes. Just say Rick or Morty. Rick or Morty. Uh, Rick, okay, Rick. good. Last uh, book. Last book read. 
Last book read? Last book, last book read. Oh, God, I bet I say, uh, I have a pass. I don't know. Okay, pass. Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the Rye. I okay. was reading that again, actually. Favorite swear? Uh, F word. Two plus two is? <laughs> two plus two is? Uh, five. Name an Oscar movie. Uh, name an Oscar movie. It happened one night. Name a part of a computer. Again? Uh, a part of a computer. Any part. Okay. Name any part of a computer. Oh, control key, I suppose. Oh, do you like the Grateful Dead? Grateful Dead? Yeah, they're okay. What did you have for breakfast? Uh, uh coffee. What do you have for lunch? Um, uh, I had some rice <laughs> and some curry. What do you have for dinner? Uh, I had bacon eggs. Have you ever been sa- have you ever sandbagged? 15 seconds. Uh, oh, never. I'm a rubbernecker. Favorite, favorite Beatles song? Oh, I like, uh, ooh, uh, I'm only sleeping. That, I think, is the best one. Where do you buy food? Uh, where? Ah! <laughs> oh. uh, I would say the trash bin. Oh, you buy food at the trash bin. <laughs> well... No. Well, that was not quite a hundred, I suppose. That was a little over uh, 50. That was 54? 54. Really? Oh my god, even with me interrupting every time. Well, it's tougher, you know, we're doing the long distance thing. That's that's fine. Keep your toaster. Thanks again. Thanks for doing this okay, uh, no, podcast. Okay, hey, well, great. Yeah, you, you, you roped me into it. No, I'm yeah. Okay. Oh, it's all good. No, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we did this. For yeah, sure. it's been awesome, it. man. And, uh, all, all right, right so just for, for sure. the people who are listening, uh, you uh, take care. And I don't know. I don't know who to sign out properly, but. Uh, That's all right. <laughs> oh, Norm MacDonald, I was thinking, I love you. Oh, yeah. He, he started doing so that. Eh? Just, I oh, love God, you. The stuff they made him say was terrible. I don't know. I think that was all Norm. He really got into, like, this whole... <laughs> This whole uh, compassion for his audience in like the last five, ten years. You like, think? Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I saw him live in Winnipeg and he was exactly the same on stage. He ended with, I love you. And like he was oh, talking really? about love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He seems like a deep guy, though. I'll give him that. Yeah, and, got, and he, too, when he, when he trolls people, he is like, he's great. I have to say, fantastic. His book is really yeah. good. You got to read his book. Uh, I don't think I read the book. I oh. just have some of his stand-up and some of his audio stuff. Yeah, he's he's pretty charming. I gotta do that. The book yeah. is great. He he's so like he just insults himself, and the book is written in a third person as well. Like it, it's really fantastic, man. You gotta read that book. Yeah. I wish All I had right, a copy. Right. I got the library. All right. So All thanks right. for listening. All right. We'll Good see you at the next marathon. All right. right. Okay, Thank you, Joe. Money.
It's the Manitoba Money Shot with Ronald George Moore surprise hidden track. Cool, right? I know. I have, I don't know if we want to get to a little Star Wars talk. I know you're a fan. But Love Star not Wars. Big, not, to, not the biggest fan, right? Like, to me, killing off everybody? I don't even understand this. Like, I what, get it. That's what I, I mean. I think I that's Dis- Disney's like, role. Disney's role yeah. is to kill off everything, start fresh. And also, I think Harrison Ford wouldn't do it unless Han died because he wanted die. He wanted to be dead in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Like that was his thing. He wanted to to be dead. And so, like, even when I saw it, I knew Han was going to die. I called it. I knew it. I uh, I did not care for that. I've only seen the movie once. I tried to rewatch it. I couldn't. Uh, But yeah, I suppose. But uh, to be honest, Harrison Ford. He's not very likable. I'll be honest. I do not care for this guy. Why? He does not. He does not come across, and he's not a very good actor. I'll give you that. He's like he kind of plays the same role. It's one of those like kind of the Hollywood where well, now that he's a certain like, age, you're a president or you're you know like you're just yourself. He's you're like, not going to take Cooper. shit. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Gary Cooper started it, but now like Jack Nicholson is always Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Robert De Niro is kind of Robert De Niro. You yeah. know what I mean? So like so to me, I, I find Harrison Ford is he's got no personality. He's like, he, he seems like he's like a bad person. <laughs> well, then it's good they got rid of him. Yeah, so, but no, but still, like, I don't know. Like, to me, it's, 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 it's you know, you can't go home again. I understand that as a philosophy, but yeah. uh, I think they, they, I think it's kind of like it's it's cheapened it. Yes, I understand people have to make a profit, and this is why these, these Totally, movies get that's made, why we're getting a Star Wars really movie. Won't. Every half year, now there's a new Star Wars movie because Disney knows it's going to sell out. They're going to make a shitload of money. And it doesn't really matter. Well, the thing is, like, I've seen a lot of them. I've seen all the movies, and uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed them. I, I've had really no Solo? problem with it. Did you see that one? Yeah, I saw Solo. It, I liked it. But I heard that one's not making money, though. It, it, I know why. Movie, I have a theory though. why. Yeah. The, the theory yeah. is no one wants to see Han Solo played by anyone else except Harrison Ford, even if it's, a, you know, the, um, not a remake, but what is it? It's a... It's a backstory, yeah, and I think that was the reason. But it's it's a good movie. Let me 